everyone. It is such a privilege to be with you again, and I'm so excited at what the Lord has in store for us today. So I'd love to open in a word of prayer, and then we will go for it. Dear Lord Jesus, thank you so much that you are here. Thank you that you care for every single person who is tuning in today. Thank you, Father, that you have great plans for our lives, plans that are good, plans that allow us to have an impact for you in the short time that we have. Thank you, Heavenly Father, that no matter what we've gone through in this past week, no matter what we're grappling with right now, thank you that you are close. Thank you that you are with us. Thank you that your presence is here. And thank you that you want to speak to us. I pray as we go through this time together, you would touch us in a powerful way powerful way. Your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Great. Just one quick notice that I would love to give in terms of fasting. We spoke a bit about this in the past few weeks where um, fasting has such a powerful effect on our lives. It's got such a a way of bringing us closer to Jesus if we have the right heart and the right mindset. And we want to um, get better at this as a church. And so what we're going to do next week on Wednesday is I want to challenge and encourage you. I'll send out a reminder on Tuesday, but I want to challenge and encourage you to fast one meal. It might be breakfast for you. It might be lunch. It might be dinner. And the purpose of it, the purpose of doing it is not because it's something religious where God will somehow be happy with us if we fast. No, the reason why we do it is to say, Lord Jesus, in this time, we want to sacrifice food. We want to sacrifice this so that we hear you more clearly, so that we can grow more in our faith. And so you decide what you want to do. And if you've got teenage kids or kids who can understand it, do it together. But just say, we want to do this as a way of um, growing in our closeness to you. And, and I can tell you that when you have those pangs of getting hungry and those pangs of, of thinking about food, you can go, oh, the reason I'm doing this is because I want to press into the Lord. So, so pray in that moment. Pray when you feel hungry and say, Lord Jesus, just show me more of yourself. And he will. So I'll send a reminder, but we want to do that as a church on Wednesday, fasting a meal together. So I wanted to do a quick recap on where we've gone on the Storm the Gate series so far and I, that I hope has been encouraging for you and challenging for you as it has for me as well. So we started off by um, stating that God had said he was going to build his church and nothing was going to get in the way of it. Uh, he was talking to his disciples. He said, I'm going to storm um, or I'm going to build my church and the gates of hell won't overcome it. And so the challenge for us is, will we step up to the plate and will we storm those gates of hell? Will we push them back? Will we live to see God's kingdom advance? And he said the way that he was going to start this, the way that we could sign up is by believing and accepting what he did for us on the cross. You see, he paid a great price for us because he loved us so much. He made a way for us to have a relationship with God, for sin to ultimately be defeated. And so that's our entry point into his army. That's, that's how we get enlisted as we say, Lord Jesus, we believe you are who you said you are. And uh, we please forgive us of our sin and we want to be part of your family. And in that moment, we enlist. In that moment, we sign up. And then the following week, what we looked at is the most amazing thing, the most beautiful thing about being part of God's um, army is that we already know the end result. We know that victory is sure. We know that the enemy will de be defeated once and for all. 
and the, the things we have to look forward to and why we give our all to Jesus that, that, that we explored is firstly to celebrate with everyone and, and our King on that special day and secondly to look forward to the reward ceremony that's to come. So how incredible to be part of um, an army to be in the battle when we know the end result already. And so today I want to look at what is God after when it comes to progressing up the ranks in his army as it were. What will help us move from being someone enrolled in basic training to becoming a captain, to becoming um, a leader and beyond? What, what are the things that God looks for in the process? What will open up the opportunity for us to be selected for special missions in God's kingdom advance, uh, opportunities to serve people in a greater way? What will open up those opportunities, those exciting opportunities? Because you see, in many organizations, there's a specific pathway to move up the ranks, to grow your capacity, to increase your impact. The pathway may include some job performance assessments. Maybe some of you experienced those before. It might be a character analysis, how your character is in the organization. It might be employee votes, people voting in to see what they think about you and, and how you do in the organization. It may be more subtle with an employer saying, you know what, I'd love you to come and work for me. I'd love to get you on board. And if you do, and if you do well, there's going to be some opportunities for growth, for profit share later on, for partnership later on in the organization. And usually these opportunities will only be offered to those with the right intellect, with the right EQ, the right commitment to the company, um, the ability to manage teams and so on. Out of interest, I took a look at the pathway to growth if you wanted to sign up to be a Royal Marine. So sort of the elite um, part of the army in the United Kingdom. So I checked this out and this is what it says. So once you complete basic training in and of itself, um, that's a 32 week process, right? So after you've done that and you've passed that, you get to join a commando unit as a general duties rifleman. And this typically lasts two years. That's sort of how long it takes. If you do well, you might get your first promotion. And this is when you pass the junior command course and a specialist course, and then you can become a corporal. If you pass the senior command course a number of years later and another specialist course, you can become a sergeant and so on and so on. So this is on the website and even before it even talks salary, it talks expectations, it talks holidays, it talks everything you need to be complete. Uh, why? The people behind it, the people behind the Royal Marines, they're wanting to say to you, if you're going to sign up and, and join, we want you to know this is how you can progress. This is what it takes to progress and where you could end up. So there's a huge amount of clarity in that process. So what about it when it comes to our journey of faith? What does God lay out? Does he give us any sort of hints and guidelines as to how we can progress when it comes to growing in our faith and growing in faith opportunities? What is it that God is after in our hearts and in our lives once we've joined his army, once we have enlisted so that we can have a greater impact for him on earth? What are the things that he is after? Well, I'm sure it's fairly similar to the way society works, don't you think? I mean, it must take someone who's very intelligent, who can read the Bible quickly, who can memorize loads of scripture, and who can follow all the rules and regulations. You must need to have a strong voice, 
so that you're able to talk to different crowds. You most definitely need to be able to survive for long periods of time without food because fasting is essential for long periods of time. It's not the reason why we're doing it as a church, but you most definitely need to do that because fasting is tough. You need to be able to sing in tune, that is for sure, because there is no way God wants someone progressing who it's difficult to stand next to them in church because when they sing, it is out of tune. Highlighters are essential. You need to have a Bible with highlighters because highlighting in your Bible definitely shows that you have the right attitude towards growth. You should probably learn to play a musical instrument. That helps a lot in progressing when it comes to God's economy. And you need to be serving in an orphanage or some sort of street um, help area. That's also an absolute key. I'm joking, of course. <laughs> in fact, that you, in, in case you didn't get that. But you catch my drift. We can easily see signing up and, and growing in God's kingdom in the same light as how you progress in society. It's very easy for us to look through the same lens at God's kingdom and growing in his army as we do in society as well. But that isn't the case at all. And I believe that there are three keys, three key things that God looks for. And the best part, they have nothing to do with your IQ, with your EQ, with your physical strength. They have nothing to do with your past and what you've gone through, with your family history, with your wealth bracket, the color of your skin, the people you associate with, nothing at all. You can grow in these three key areas. You can develop these three areas no matter who you are and what you've been through. I just love that. I absolutely love that. So what are they? They are trust, they are availability, and they are obedience. I'll say that again, trust, availability, and obedience. And if you grow in these three areas, I have no doubt that God is able to use you and take you into opportunities you never, ever expected, no matter who you are as a Christ follower. So I want to read from two passages, one in Genesis, one in the New Testament and Matthew, which show different people that God used and these three things in action. So the first one, this is about Abraham. I want to read from Genesis 12, verses um, 1 to 4. I might go on a little bit further, but this is what it says. The Lord call, said to Abraham, Go out from your land, your relatives and your father's house, to the land that I will show you. I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I'll bless those who bless you. I'll curse anyone who treats you with contempt and all the peoples on earth will be blessed through you. So Abraham went as the Lord had told him and Lot went with him. Abraham was 75 years old when he left Haran. Amazing picture and story and, and Abraham did many great things for the Lord. And then I'd love to read as well from Matthew 4. So here's the next one. And this is what it says, uh, Jesus, Matthew 4, verse 18. As he was walking along the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, who is called Peter, and his brother, Andrew. They were casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. Follow me, he told them, and I will make you fish for people. Immediately, they left their nets and followed him. Going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, the son of Zebedee, and his brother, John. They were in a boat with Zebedee, their father preparing their nets, and he called them. Immediately, they left the boat and their father 
and followed him. So let's look at trust. Now trust is, it's a deep, sort of deep belief that someone can be relied upon. That someone cares deeply for your interests and that you can feel at peace knowing that they will work for your good. Now my little girls, it's sort of getting hot and it's swimming time and they love to jump to me in the pool. But often before they do, uh, before they're about to jump, they say, Daddy, will you catch us? Are you gonna catch us? And I say, of course, my girl, of course, daddy loves you. I'm never going to let you drown. Of course, I'm going to catch you. And so they, they launch off and they, they jump towards me. Now, this is what Abraham and the disciples had. They knew that God had a plan for their lives. They knew that God loved them. They knew he was who he said he was. And so they knew that deep down, no matter what, he would catch them, just as my girls know that dad is gonna catch them as they jump into my hands. They had placed their lives and their future into his hands. So that's one of the things that God loves and he looks for in us. Do we trust him? Do we really trust him with our lives? Are we someone who has to have all the, the I's dotted, all the T's crossed, and we need to know everything that's happening in the future? Or are we someone who can go, God, I know that you're going to catch me no matter what, and I trust you. I trust you with every aspect of my life. God absolutely loves that. He loves trust. So that's one of the keys. The second one is availability. Whilst Abraham had a large herd of animals, he would have had loads of servants, he would have had lots of property to take care of, he was someone who was available to hear God's voice. He was ready and waiting to, to listen for what his heavenly father said. Likewise, the disciples, they were fishermen. It was a busy life. It would have been a hard life. Uh, they, they would have probably been back late at night or sometimes fishing overnight. They would have been there in the morning. It all depended on the weather. Um, they were trying to provide for their families, but their hearts were soft. They might have been hard, man looking, hard men looking sort of sunburned, but their hearts were soft before the Lord and ready to hear his voice. There's a saying that goes, God cares more about your availability than your ability. And I believe it's absolutely true. You know, God didn't go, now Abraham, I just need to find this out. How fast can you run? How good are you at high and low altitudes? What's your intellect like? You know, you obviously manage these different things. How's your maths going? And how's your mental brain? How do you do managing people? God didn't ask him that. And he didn't say to the disciples, now listen, guys, I just want to find out which qualifications have you got when it comes to um, looking after nets and cleaning them, when it comes to managing the boat. You know, I just want to make sure which stage you're along, what degree do you have in, um, in fish management before I um, allow you to do things. Um, he, he didn't at all. He just wanted to know that they were prepared to listen. That's all that he cared about. He wanted to know that they were prepared to listen. One of the blessings of this global crisis is that it's forced us to slow down a little, to have more time for people, to have more time to think. It's made us stop and listen. And for many people who aren't Christ followers, maybe even you here today, it's also maybe made you stop and think and explore and decide what life is really about. You see, it's so easy for us to be consumed with ourselves and our own needs and desires, with our happiness, with our families, that we can so easily shut out what's happening around us in the world. 
we, we can often have this list and we're like, right, I need to sort this out. I need to get one, two, three, four, I've got 15 things on my list. I need to get it done in the day and nothing can get in the way of that. But Jesus always had time for people. And you know, God's always got time for us and he loves it when we're available. It can be in small things, uh, maybe seeing someone who's struggling, carrying their shopping bags to a car or opening their boot and you, you offer to help. Maybe it's given someone a lift that God lays on your heart. Maybe it's at work and there's someone who's struggling with something that you find quite easy or even hard, but you're prepared to sit and help even though it's cutting into your time. Maybe men are saying no to golf or sport or a gym session because your wife's not that well or your kids are needing a little bit of help with homework. And you say, actually, I, I can put that on pause because I want to be available to serve someone else. It could be in church ministry setting and going, you know, my, my day is quite full, but actually, is there a need somewhere in church life where I could serve, where I could give my time, give my resources to help God's kingdom? The Lord will tell you where he would like you to help. The question is, are you and I available? He doesn't care about our intellect. He doesn't care about the wealth we have. He doesn't care about anything like that. He just wants to know, will we be available? And it isn't a blanket availability. It is listening carefully for the Lord's voice. Even God sometimes said no to things. There's not time in the day for everyone and everything. There shouldn't be. But if we listen for his voice, he will show you. He'll show us specifically the things he wants us to get involved in. And I really do want you here today to, to really think about that fact. Maybe some of you are sitting going, I just don't really have anything to offer. I just don't have that much gifting. I want you to know that if you're available, that's what God requires. He doesn't mind if you don't have degrees and don't have amazing mental arithmetic and aren't physically strong or anything like that you've got a heart that's soft and is available he wants to use you he really does the final thing obedience obedience just look at these two passages in uh, Genesis 12 verse and I'll just quickly go to it again I I just love this little passage but Genesis 12 and look at what um, happens we, we obviously read it earlier but God um, says what he wants to do in Abraham's life and then verse 4 so Abraham went as the Lord had told him. No questions, no, but God, I have to do this first, or you know, what's it gonna be like? Just God, I trust you, I'm available, I'm gonna be obedient, and so he went. Same thing with the disciples. Um, it says over there, Jesus said, follow me, and verse 20, immediately they left their nets and followed him. Verse 22, immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. It's amazing. They, they didn't um, suddenly say, oh, but what's going to happen with the family business and how am I going to provide for myself? And but God, where exactly are you taking me? They looked at it and they went, well, we know God loves us and we trust him. We want to be available and our hearts are ready to be available. So we just want to obey. We can trust him completely. And that is what they did. And God loves obedience. He absolutely loves it. And it's in this place that he can open up the most incredible doors to serve him and that will bring you great joy, hope, and purpose. There's a man who's building something called the, or uh, getting ready to build something called the Eternal Wall in England. You can go look at the website, but quoting from the site, it says, the Eternal Wall will make hope visible to the nation on a huge scale. Each one of its million bricks will represent an answered prayer contributed by individuals from all across the UK. The monumental piece of public art will be the largest database of hope stories in the world. 
The amazing thing is this man, he had this dream, he chatted about it with his wife. They had a few people who gave words and pictures about it, but had no money at all. And he said he remembers talking to government and talking about getting planning permission and everything else. He's like, there wasn't a dollar to our name. But yet now they stand with planning permission and money coming in. And in the next few years to see this, the people from around the world can travel to look at and hear about what God has done in people's lives. This is what God does on the back of our obedience. He does the impossible. Anyone who's made an impact for the Lord has been obedient to what he's been asked in the big things and the small things. And these will often be impossible, humanly speaking. So take something like God putting on your heart to go pray for someone to be healed. We can't do anything to heal anyone. I can't. But if we would obey God and go and pray for someone with trust, with availability, we can walk into the supernatural realm, into the unseen realm, and we can start to see God do something impossible in our lives. Maybe sharing a scripture or a thought, something you feel God's put on your heart for someone else. That's a step of faith. That's being obedient, but you could be um, sending someone um, um, into the supernatural realm. You could be encouraging them into what God's called them to through being obedient to giving them a scripture. Maybe it's stepping into a project or a thought that's absolutely impossible, but you feel God's laying it on you and you go for it. God loves obedience because what it does is it takes us into the supernatural realm. It takes us into his kingdom. It's as if we're walking with God whilst we're on earth and it's absolutely electric. So those are the three things that God absolutely loves and will help us to progress in awesome missions for him and uh, God opening up amazing doors in our lives is that those three things I want you to remember and to look at in your own life and, and to ask God for help in those areas. So just to remember those, to trust in a God who loves us and has a plan for our lives, to be available to him and his call, and thirdly, to act in obedience even if it doesn't make sense. And so what I want us to do together as I close is I want us to pray and maybe you're sitting down, why don't you stand up? Maybe you sort of haven't been concentrating as much or you've been doing something else. Why don't you lock in now? And we're going to ask the Holy Spirit to help us in those areas because I want to see as a Harvest family, I want to see God do astounding things through us. I want to see Him use you. I want to see Him um, touch touch others through you. I want to see the, the miraculous and the impossible happen in your life. And that will happen as we learn and grow in these three areas. So, so let's pray. Heavenly Father, right now for people who are engaged and listening and watching and standing or kneeling, you can even kneel if you want before God, you can raise your hands. Heavenly Father, thank you that you're building your church and nothing's going to stop it. Thank you that you call us to enlist in the army, as it were, and storm the gates of hell, press, press back the gates of hell in the darkest places in, in the most impossible situations. Thank you that the victory is sure. And thank you that one day when we give our all, we have the opportunity to celebrate um, with you um, for not holding back and look forward to a rewards of ceremony. But today, Father, thank you that you want to use us. And these three characteristics we've looked at, Father, I ask that you would help us to grow in these. Please help us to grow in trust, to grow in availability, to grow in obedience. And I know that our lives the lives of the church and those around us will not be the same as a result. Please help us, Holy Spirit. We can't do this on our own. In your powerful name we pray. Amen.
Thank you so much for tuning in and watching. Uh, we're going to be praying for you as a team. We'll let you know more about um, the fast, the one meal fast that we would love to do together. Thank you for your generosity. Thank you for people wanting to help and serve. Um, we just so appreciate you. If you're wondering and saying, what, how can I serve? What can I do in this time? Please get in touch with us. But we're, we're excited that things are opening up in the country and, and in Africa. And we're excited we're going to be able to meet together soon. But in the meantime, there's, there's work to be done. God's kingdom continues to advance and he wants all of us a part of it. So just know we're praying for you as a team. Know that we're there to support you. Um, please do get in touch if you need help or prayer or anything. But in the meantime, have a great rest of your day. And just remember that when you step foot at the start of this week on Monday, just know that you are advancing God's kingdom as you live for him and as you grow in trust, your availability to him and in obedience. So have an awesome day.